You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Is there anything wrong with swimming? Up until the nine days when we talk about swimming as a sense of rechitza, is there any certain swimming in general during the three weeks? You're going to say, what about I'm not talking about the nine days. I'm talking about during this period called Bainam Salim this period that we realize that we're supposed to be thinking about the Horbin, is swimming, is there something negative? Can there be something negative about swimming? So it's interesting that uh, the Rishonim speak about it. The Marami Rutenberg, the famous mayor of Rothenberg, uh, the Minhagim that had been written down in his name, uh, also mentioned by the Chavos Yoyer, Yair uh, uh, Bachrach, wrote a commentary to the Shulchan Aruch, which was not printed in his lifetime, but was later printed after he died, by in Yerushalayim, in about 30 years ago. Uh, he also quotes this, that you shouldn't go to rivers and go to the ocean and, and uh, during this Bein but not because there's something wrong with swimming. The problem is the Sakana. The problem is of engaging in activities, as we know, undertoes, uh, we know so many stories. Last year, a friend of mine's lost a son-in-law, and and and, and the stories are are legion of accidents and bad things that occur. Um, and therefore, as you can see from the Marami Rutenberg and others, uh, this period was a period to stay away. Now, that would not mean you could go to a swimming pool with a lifeguard; wouldn't be an issue, it would seem. But a river. Uh, unguarded river or, or an ocean, it's not the swimming that's the problem, it would seem. The problem is the danger of what could happen, even if you're an excellent swimmer. Uh, Rabbi Yitzhak Ratzavi, uh, we talk about a Yemenite scholar, Rabbi Yitzhak Ratzavi is one of the uh, premier uh, rabbonim and poskim from the Yemenite world, uh, writes in his Olas Yitzchok uh, that also that this should be, uh, stay away from that. Stay Chemed quotes the other great Sephardi, Gon Rochaim Talajia, who says, And it's not even swimming. This is actually even going to, you know, an uncrowded beach and walking around, I guess, close to the edge. Again, the the Jersey dunes are very uh, expansive. So I don't know if you're, you know, you're you're half, you know, hundreds of yards away from the ocean. I'm not sure if that's the problem. Here they were talking about very close. Uh, to the rivers and oceans, stay away. Uh, the Rav Chaim Kanievsky's father, the Stipler, wouldn't allow uh, his children, uh, obviously it was a kosher beach, as they say, to go to the ocean in, in Eretz Yisrael, because he says this is a time during the three weeks where our mazel is, is itre mazel. It's a time that you have to be worried about negative things happening. It's true, his brother-in-law, the Chazonish, did, to even during the three weeks, not talking about during the nine days necessarily, but that was, he felt, with Sarach Briyoto. And this is interesting, Chazonish sort of took a chance in a way, but the Chazonish felt, hey, I need it for my health. That's an overriding uh, consideration. It's obviously not a, 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 like a Sakona Brura, but during this period, you do want to stay away from things like that. Now, this during COVID, things are very different. But had, it, had COVID not been around, we know that this is a period of helicopter rides, of going to the Grand Canyon and going into the and, and, and doing a lot of activities, which 
it's not so much that they don't jive with the spirit of seriousness and the Avelut in the sense of I'm thinking about the Horbin. That, that's one problem. The other problem is these are events, these are things which we believe our muscle is not strong now. And we shouldn't tempt fate or tempt the Rabboni Shalom and put ourselves in a situation where the dinism, dinam are against us. We lose during this period. We have lost during this period, not just the Shabbos Batamas and Tishabov during this whole period. It's been a terrible period for us. So therefore, this is what you see from the Rami Rutenberg down to the Stipler. Stay away from these type of activities. Um, the, uh, however, there is a counter argument. The great German uh, Posek, Rabbi Yisrael Issu and the Trumas Adeshen, disagreed. Even with the Maram Rindenburg, he says it's not found in Chazal anywhere. We can't make Zeros on ourselves, a new Zeros. And even Ramosha Feinstein, not like the Stipler, said, Mi'ikaradin, you can engage in swimming. Now, that doesn't mean you should go on, uh, you know, helicopter rides. But swimming, if this is a, a, a place that has been roped off to be safe, he says, we can't make up our own chidushim. And this was the opinion of, as you can see, of Shalom Zaman Orebach, Rebben Sienaba Shaul, Rebel Yoshev, and Uvosner, and Rav Sternbach. So that's quite a, a, an amount of poskim. However, there is an interesting approach that was uh, indicated by Binyamin, Rav Binyamin Zilber. Rav Binyamin Zilber was in B'nai Brak, the author of Oz Nidbaru and many, many other important svarim, he was known as Binyamin Atzadik, or Binyamin Atzadik Zilber. He writes that, yes, uh, in terms of a, going to a beach area, to walk near the beach, to maybe even go in the water in a safe way is not usher technically. However, uh, obviously deep water one should stay away from. And uh, it, what does deep mean? If it's as high as your height, those is that's uh, that's where you should stay away from. And that would be, again, now I don't know if you would say the same thing in a swimming pool, especially if a person knows how to swim. But that it was his aid, so um, yeah. Now, uh, Rabbi Yaman Zilber says something else, though. He says. If you get a tremendous amount of pleasure from the swimming, because it's magnificent, the ocean is so beautiful, Rav Zilber says, even when the three weeks starts, there's something called a magnificent event, an event that really gives you something called Tainug Yisera. That's usher even before the nine days begins, he says. Then you should be machmir. And we see this idea also from the post-sake of B'nai Brak or of Mordechai Gross, who says, uh, quoting others, that the first time, if it's the first time you've actually seen the ocean and going to enjoy the ocean, it's a simcha yaseira. Uh, especially if you barely get a chance to see it, there's just this excitement. Uh, and, and that's what might be usher even before the nine days begins. Um, but if it's something that you're used to, of course, you don't have that feeling. And um, 
where does that come from? This idea of tainu gesera simcha yesera. So we know that um, you know there are poskim that speak about the idea of not making shachianu and other things like that, a new type of thing. So that might be some of the reasons why uh, people might not do that. It's interesting that Rav Chaim Kanievsky says that he doesn't believe that there's a halachic basis for that. Uh, a new, to, to experience a new type of uh, event, going to the Grand Canyon, for example, which is such a magnificent thing to see the Neflo Sabore, Chaim Kanievsky doesn't think that that's usher. Uh, during, it's not like the three weeks you can't have a sense of magnificent enjoyment in something of seeing, especially something from God's creation. So that's what I thought was an interesting thing. I know it's sort of irrelevant now that we've sort of passed after, uh, we're sort of like past the nine, we're in the nine days now, but I thought it definitely gives us a perspective of where we're going, where we were and where we're going to. Let me, uh, deal with a little bit of a different subject now. Um, this is something which, uh, we're going to have a uh, coming up in Parsha's Vyaschanan, which is next week's Parsha, we're going to have the following Pusik. You can see I put it up here on the board. Um, going into Eretz Yisrael, getting rid of the, uh, of all those Goyim Rabbim Ipanecho, Achiti, Agergoshi, Amori, Aknani, Aprizi. We're going to get rid of them. Hashem's going to give us Eretz Yisrael, as you can see I'm pointing out in the Pusik here. Don't make a treaty with them. And what else? The low sichanen. Now, right after that, it says the low titzchaten bam. Don't get married to them. Okay. What does low sichanen mean, though? What does low sichanen? We know what the next pasuk means. That's low titzchaten bam. That's not. That's against intermarriage. Very important pasuk. What does this pasuk mean? Low sichanen. So, um, chen, of course, means a sense of grace, a sense of that you view the other person in a very positive way, like you want to do favors for them. Okay? That is what chen means, right? Esther was no saschen, b'nei korea, everybody wanted to help her out. Um, but what does it mean practically? So the Gemara Navodah gives three examples. Let's take a look what they are. The first is lo lotitanam chaniya bakarka which means chaniyah. Don't let, in other words, drive them out of Eretz Yisrael and don't make deals with them where they can live in a certain spot, even if they're not with the other Jews, with other, even if they're not with around the Jews. Don't give them the land of Israel to say this is their land. They might take it through war. There might other be politics. But you, we aren't supposed to... Uh, facilitate them having control over the land of Israel, which means you can't sell them land. You can't even rent them land because renters also have rights. And this, of course, is a very important aloha. We're not going to talk so much about that. Um, we're going to talk about the other two interpretations of lo sichanem. One takes the word chaniyah, chesnun. The other takes the word Ches nun mem, chinam, for no re- for nothing, which means don't give them presents for no reason. Don't give matnas chinam to non-Jews. Don't give non-Jews presents. Now, all of you are going to ask me, you can't give a non-Jew a present? 
we know that the mailman and the garbage man, they expect presents, especially during the, the Christmas season. Is it us to give them presents? Answer is no. Because you don't give the mailman his present, what's going to happen? I'm not going to deliver the mail to this guy, right? The garbage guy, you know, suddenly found that your garbage isn't taken up. So you're not really giving them a present. You're making sure that they're going to take care of you. You're sort of like buying something from them. In other words, it's a contract. Technically, it looks like a present. But it isn't just, hey, out of the blue, I'm coming to help you. Um, similarly, another thing that I, I've tried to do, maybe uh, in the period of COVID, it's, everything is difficult. But uh, during a day like today in the Northeast, I don't know if in the Midwest it was as hot. Oh, oh, Yes. I just want to mention something where I learned that uh, the custom of tips comes from the Roman times, that you don't tip a slave. But if you give somebody a tip for service, like he's doing a slave's work, but that he is not a slave, it's like it, it's like it's part of that culture that we inherited. So it's, it's, uh, it's a special kind of a deal. Yeah. Dr. Kogan is making a good point. Are you allowed to give tips? Especially if you're not, let, let's say different than the case I just said. In the case I was just talking about, my garbage man, my uh, postal delivery person, I can't. I don't want to get him upset. I don't want him to start uh, ripping up my money that's in the that's in the envelopes that people are sending. Because, because it's a demeaning service job, ultimately. That's why. Well, okay. It's what I was trying to say, what I was trying to say was, Doctor Kogan, it isn't a, a, a pure gift. There's a, there's a, it's like I went, there's a, a quid pro quo. There's a, there's a quid pro quo. I would say the same thing. Listen, just hear me out for a second. The same thing is true. I generally, if I'm around and I see the post office person coming and it's a hot day, like it is today, I will bring the person a drink. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, first of all, I have Rachmanus, Masov, right? I'm not just giving him a gift, right? And I also believe that especially if I'm around and the, and the person is sweating bullets, how could you not offer them Hashem if we don't give them something in that type of situation? Um, right? So those are not just giving gifts. And, 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 and it isn't that I want this person to like me. And that's part of the idea here. The Easter the Torah has, even though it is from the Torah, it's a Drush's Chazal, we'll see if it's from the Torah, if it's the Rabbanon or not, is it's in order to create a relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Similarly, there's another halacha here, which is a little bit even more complex, complicated. And that is, what is lotiten lehem chen? Don't speak about them in a way that others now are enamored of them. In other words, don't speak, like, I, if I would, um, you know, I once heard a Rav give an incredible drosha uh, about Joe DiMaggio. It's, it's a person, a very well-known Rav, who's a speaker in history and other things, and he was talking about the type of um, aristocratic bearing DiMaggio had as a baseball player, and, and how, the, the, how the Jews really, he wasn't Hank Greenberg, who was Jewish, he was obviously Italian, but, but, but the type of uh, way he held himself and the, the way he played. And he gave a whole sheer about DiMaggio. And I was wondering about that. Okay, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's nice to, to look at Mitos Tovos and you can learn Mitos Tovos, but would, would it be wrong 
to give a class about that. Um, it says, Asr was Sapr Bishvacham Shul Goyim. What's exactly, uh, the, what's exactly the get there? So, um, I felt since it is coming up, it's an interesting topic. So I want to show you some material on this. Um, this is uh, from the Torah journal, uh, Aspakalaria. And this was, these halachas were put together uh, by Rav Chaim Kribis, who is uh, a, a nice Talmud Chacham out of Los Angeles. Um, so, first he gives, of course, the exceptions. Let's say he's traveling with you on the road. You're part of a caravan. Um, here is what Dr. Kogan. Mutter was say so great tip. Why? Im im zemini musa medina. If everybody gives one, if everyone gives a tip and you don't, even if you're not going to go to that restaurant anymore, it's not called losichonim. It's not called a gift. And this was the psak, by the way, of Rebel Yoshev. He says if everybody gives it, that's not called giving a gift. Right, if, and, and and that could apply if you want to say to the Christmas gift as well, but definitely the tip in a restaurant. So that's not called. That's not what Chazal are talking about. Um, and then you could use the other svara that even though you're not going to go in that restaurant, but the the non-Jewish waiter saw the kippah, and if he doesn't, if he gets stiffed by the Jew, the next Jew that walks in there is not going to get great service. So therefore. Uh, it's worthwhile, whoever it is, a restaurant or whatever type of um, uh, establishment it is, giving a tip could help the next Jew, and therefore it's not just giving a present. Obviously, the Gemara speaks about Dark Shalom, which uh, is... Uh, which I would like, if I may. Sure. Uh, just one second. Uh, you mentioned about praising a non-Jewish person, yes. and I just realized that I, I we learned that there's a difference in the quality of the soul, neshama, between a Jew and a non-Jew. And the assumption is that the non-Jew, even when they do something very good, it's for their own benefit ultimately. And a, a Jewish soul somehow does it ultimately for l'shem shamayim. Therefore. If you praise over too much a non-Jewish person, you kind of creating a mini avodazora. That the yes, I, I what you are stating is an attitude you see in Chazal, uh, um, and, and 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 the famous Gemara, of course, is the argument between Rav Yehud and Rav Shimon in Shabbos. Right? They were talking mm-hmm. about what what's what why the Romans. Uh, created. Right, right. I, I am aware. Yes. Right. Why did the Why did the Romans create the infrastructure that they created? And Ravuda said we have to praise them. And of course, Shemir Yachai said they all did it for selfish reasons. Um, right. The Gemara in, in, in Baba Basra speaks about the tzedakah that the non-Jews give uh, is only again it's not done generally for the right reason. So you're right. We are going to speak about that. I, I, I want to cover first the, the simple halacha, which I said. Sure. Is, very straightforward about giving presents. Obviously, um, if this is dark shalom and it's expected, uh, we don't want to have uh, riots on our hands. Of course. Uh, where the Jews somehow were not the ones that gave presents, and that's the reason why you're allowed to give straight out tzedakah to the non-Jews uh, who line up for it. 
Now, let's talk about the, the this halacha now, doctor. Halacha, which I say is a little more tenuous, a little harder to get our, uh, to, to wrap our brain around, which is you're not supposed to praise how great a non-Jew is. For example, you're not supposed to talk about how good-looking he is. You're not supposed to speak about, and Shulchan Aruch says, about his, the great actions that he did uh, or the or great speech that he might have made. Now, you are allowed to make, uh, for example, you are allowed, the Gemara in, in Bechoris talks about, and the Gemara in Brochos, you are allowed to make a bracha if on his beauty, <laughs> if it's about saying, look, God can create a beautiful being. In other words, you can disassociate the man <laughs> from himself. That definitely is, is not only allowed, uh, it's, it's one of the brachas that we're supposed to do. Now, um, now, uh, let's say you do praise a non-Jew. So there are opinions that say that this praising of a non-Jew, the Rambam counts it in Sefer Mitzvos as one of the mitzvos of the Torah, praising a non-Jew. However, um, Rebbe Yoshev, as usual, comes to the rescue. Um, if what you are praising, for example, you're not saying he is a Balchesed. What you are saying, or you're saying that you are praising his act. You're saying his job that he did was magnificent. If you want to say he is, he is, he is, he is, he is able to do things incredibly, whether it's the Maggio hitting a bat, you want to say that Miles Davis was able to play jazz, and, and you're talking about their ability to do something positive. You're not speaking about them in terms of what level of hum, type of human being they are, that they are a, uh, that they are a Baal Chesed. But you can talk about the fact that Bill Gates gave that much money. That, you know, uh, but you're not speaking about, you're not characterizing the person. That's Rebel Yoshev's Chilik. And that's a very, might be a slippery slope, but it, it might allow you to use a non-Jew and, and, and talk about the action that they did without violating this Isser. Um, there is an interesting Chidush that I want to share with you about this. That's Rebel Yoshev's Chidush. There's another Chidush from Rav Waldenberg. Rav Waldenberg says that if you're not praising a specific person, but if you use a person to perhaps characterize um, a country, or you're talking about a whole country, that's not Bechlal the Yisr. If you're being Meshabeach and Uma Shlema, that is, that is the Chiddush of the Tzitz Eliezer. However, some Akronim disagree based on that Gemara that we just talked about. For example, uh, the Gemara in Shabbos, when it talks about one of the, again, let, let me let me take it back a step. The Tzitz Eliezer's proof to this is from Rav Yehuda. Rav Yehuda said, "Look how great what the Romans did was." It must be that he wasn't speaking about one individual, and the reason is, if it's 
if it's one individual, that's a hook for you to become close to. If it's an individual who's here, that's a hook for you to want to be like that person. You're talking Rabbi, about, the, go ahead. In the Gemara, there are several instances where a single goy is praised for Kibbut Avayim and for the, the one who got the red heifer. There's like, right. I, I, don't, I don't see it. There's like an obvious contradiction. Right. So there, what we're trying to do is inspire us to do that mitzvah as well. That's what we're trying to do. There, Richard is talking about the Gemara in Kedush, and it talks about Dami Benesina, his incredible Kibbut Avay. Part of that was to say, hey, get, get to it. We need to learn how to do it. It wasn't about saying non-Jews are great. It wasn't about saying that non-Jews have got, uh, that we have to really love them. What it was saying was that the non-Jews don't even have the mitzvah. That's the end of the Gemara there. They don't even have the mitzvah and look how well they do it. We have been given the slut of having this as a mitzvah. We should for sure be able to do this and use them as an inspiration to actually surpass them. So that's the reason why that is different. The Gemara in Shabbos, that is the Tzitz Eliezer's basis, Rav Waldenberg's basis, is, is Rav Yehuda, who says that, look at what the Romans did. You think Rav Yehuda didn't know about this Yisr? Um, and, um, and therefore, uh, uh, that is one of the approaches. Uh, the Vilna Gon actually um, uh, asks the question in the Gemara in Shabbos why Rav Yehuda could praise the Romans. And the Vilna Gon says, it's also, of course, to say how beautiful they are. Um, but what we're, but what Rav Yehuda was saying, we're lucky that we live under them and not some other uh, less sophisticated nation. In other words, he wasn't praising the Romans. He was saying how lucky we are that God has allowed us to live under them. That was the Vilna Gon's answer. In other words, Rav the Tzitzel answers, Rav Yehuda was doing something halachically allowed because he was just praising the whole people. Whereas the Vilna Gon's answer is that um, the answer is a little bit different. The answer is that uh, he was just trying to say God has allowed us to live under them and not under other people. So therefore, we should thank God for that. So uh, this this Ruff from Los Angeles says, you see from the Vilna Gon, he didn't give the, the simple answer that a whole nation is different. It must be that you're not really just supposed to praise a whole nation. Um, and again, uh, I, I would say that based on Rebel Yoshev, you could say the French know how to cook. The Italians are great cooks. That's not giving them a character. Uh, that's not giving praising uh, their character uh, at, at all. We'll end here with w- another chidush. Yesterday we, we said a chidush from Rav Sternbach. Uh, I'd like to share with you, uh, uh, well, two chidushim, one from Rav Sternbach and one from Rav Stern, who was the Rav in a number of places, including Melbourne, Australia, but he was also uh, the Rav in, in, in um, I forgot which cities in Europe he was the Rav in, but he, but he was a Rav in a number of places. I want to show you here a chidush from Rav Sternbach in this situation. Um, Rav Sternbach quotes uh, the Briska Rav, who of course uh, was a, a great power in Eretz Yisrael and in Europe. He says that um, that obviously um, 
you, you can make a brocha on a chocham, right? If you see a chocham from that country, uh, and if he keeps the Zion mitzvahs, he says, you are allowed to make a brocha on him. Uh, so clearly, um, perhaps chokhmah, you are allowed to say the man is a chokhmah, the man is smart. What are you going to say? He's not smart. <laughs> and obviously wisdom is something very important. If we see Fauci, we can say how, well, Fauci is, is, is more than just smart. <laughs> Fauci cares and, and is using his wisdom to help the world. Um, now, the uh, Rav Sternbach says it could be. If you take a look, even though the Rambam mentions it, the Rambam mentions this as, as, as about the Ov de Avodah Now, it could be that if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, it could be um, it only applies to Ov de Avodah So if today whether we call Christianity Avodah Zarah, that might be the issue. If he's not an Ovid Avodah Zarah, there might not be any Isser praising uh, even a specific non-Jew at all. Um, as I said before, praising him for his wisdom and how smart he is, is probably not part of the Isser at all. Uh, Rav Sternbach says, Rambam praised Aristotle for his wisdom. So you see clearly, you can definitely praise uh, a Chacham for being brilliant. Now, um, and remember, when you praise someone for his beauty, for his, it, what happens is you're going to, you know, that's how you become connected. Um, but it, Rav Sternbach says, if you praise, um, you know, I'm not sure, Niels Bohr, I'm not sure if he was Jewish or not. Uh, if you praise... Um, you know, uh, Stephen Hawking for their wisdom. Uh, what are you going to, what's going to happen? Rav Sternbach says, what's the worst that could happen? So you, maybe you're going to read uh, Stephen Hawking's book. <laughs> the Torah is not worried about that. The Torah is worried about something that's like beauty, uh, a, a thing that tingles your senses, that's going to want you to become sort of like dress and be like that person. Um, the fact that someone wrote an incredible essay or is brilliant, that's not going to cause any sort of closeness to that person and the religion necessarily that he espouses. Um, Sternbach has another header here where he says that this only applies where it's actually a specific person that you might get to know. But if you're talking about someone who's like a leader of a country, and you're just a plebe who lives in Podunk, Iowa, right? Um, you're not going to get close to that person, right? You're going to talk about how great Harry Truman is and what type of good man he is, that he was a, a fine person, etc. Forget about even voting for him. You're going to become Truman's friend. So therefore, Rav Sternbach has a lot of, has a number of coolers here. If he's somebody who's a, a, a public persona that you're not going to have a connection to. It's a menahal of a Medina. That's someone that it's probably going to be very difficult for you to get close to. And that could apply to, uh, you know, a great sports star as well. Um, so these are some of the uh, hetairim, uh for praising uh, people in the non-Jewish world. And obviously 
if we are if we are with the non-Jews, we definitely want to make a, a kiddush Hashem as far as that goes. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 